You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester back here, courtesy of WFAN and Odyssey. We're here twice a week recapping every series, previewing every series. This one, I guess, will be a little unique because we've got a series plus one game to talk about. The Yankees had one of their fill-in games against the Astros on Thursday night, part of the schedule squeeze to satisfy the week-long delay to start the season because of the lockout. So we're going to talk about that game as well. And again, if you want to hear season previews and recaps every week, or twice a week, excuse me, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, But Sean, we had another series sweep for the Yankees, an expected one, I'd say. The Yankees were essentially facing a triple a team especially in terms of its lineup when it came to the a's and then a very drastic jump in competition with the astros immediately after and again the bats were relatively quiet against astros pitching as they were for much of the um much of the four game series this past weekend save for the later innings when they got to the bullpen but the yankees could not it seemed, you know, they followed a very similar blueprint, keep keep the game close, ride their pitching until they became a battle of the bullpens, but the Yankees couldn't finish it off in a in a narrow two to one loss. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I think yesterday's Astros game Yankees game felt a lot like the Friday night game, both pitched by Sevy, where he has one inning where he gives up, in this case, two runs, last week three runs, and and the Yankees apply pressure but just don't get don't get the big hit in the game which you can chalk up to just bad timing bad luck i think we'll talk about a couple of guys that can be pulling their weight a little bit more in the lineup later in the episode but um i'm not concerned about the yankees inability to hit the astros because i feel like they've proven they can create traffic they can put themselves in positions to to win these games now the execution hasn't been there in the end in, in you know two out of three uh but uh, or i'm sorry in, in three out of the out of the five games that we've played them so far, but um, you know, in, in every game, the Yankees were right there. So in, in no way am I taking this as, Oh, the Yankees have a ton of work to do to, to put themselves above the Astros. I think they're pretty evenly matched um, if anything. And uh, you know, we'll see what at the, at the deadline, maybe the Yankees can do something to bolster the lineup and, and put them over the top. But overall, I mean, I, I also think um, while 
in the last four games, the Yankees have only given up runs in four innings, right? They had the five, the A's put up a five spot on Montgomery and then he settled down. They only scored one run on, on the, the middle game of the series. And then they had the three runs off Tyone in the first inning in, in the last game. So, um, you know, I, I think that the pitching did an, an okay job, uh, only having like the, that one blip and then the offense went to work when they needed to in the A series and, and just got to get the, the bats going against Houston. It might be in their heads a little bit, who knows, but I mean, overall, since the last time we spoke, the Yankees went three and one winning the three games. We, we knew they kind of not had to win, but, but we wanted to make sure that they won kind of in that sandwich between tough games here and the Yankees just continue to take care of business and, and playing tough teams, tough and just, you know, one run game. What are you going to do? Yeah, I think it, just came down to the fact that the Astros got the big two out hit when they needed it. And the Yankees did it. I mean, the, the third inning in particular, the Yankees had two runners on Astros uh, have a mound visit. They try to settle down Garcia and he gets out of it with uh, the judge fly out and Rizzo strikes out to end the inning. And then the bottom Long half of the that for Rizzo there too. And he just, you know. yeah. And, um, and then, and the bottom half of the inning, Severino gets a couple quick outs. Then there's some traffic on the bases, and Bregman gets the the two out double. So the Astros got the big two out hit, and the Yankees did it. And that really just was the difference in the game. And then after that Bregman hit, one of the wildest and uh, watching it live, I was like, "What is going on?" One of the wildest plays I've ever seen with Severino messing around with his pitch com. He couldn't hear it, <laughs> and then uh, Tucker trying to steal. It was Tucker, right, that tried to steal yeah. home. And, um, you know, great heads up by Severino. He probably should have called time before he started messing with the, the pitch com. But at the same time, Trevino does a great job blocking the plate. Uh, perfect execution there. And, and, and they get out of that inning. And that was all the Yankees allowed. And, and that was huge. And, um, you know, Sefi only gave up, uh, what, three hits and two walks over six to the Astros. So, um, pretty, you know, struck out four. So another really good start from Sevi. You could see the stuff is there. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's always in- encouraging for sure. And it kind of did allow the Yankees to reset the bullpen a little bit. They had Marinaccio and Abreu pitch after Seve. So we're loaded up going to the next series. Obviously, you want the win, but there's still some some positives uh, to take to take out of that. And I also think the Yankees has putting as much pressure on the Astros as they did is a, is another uh, it's another positive to to look at too, because um, it wasn't like the Yankees had been completely shut down where you're like, oh, the offense looks anemic against this team. It was just that they didn't string the hits and walks together at the exact right time. Yeah. And some, they also had some hard hit outs. I mean, Stanton ripped a line drive, the shortstop judge had a, a deep fly ball in the first inning. They, they, they had some hard hits. I don't think they looked nearly as lifeless as they did at points over the weekend against the Astros. So I also think a little bit a little bit of it was sometimes if they played that game again tonight, some of those some of those balls might find holes and maybe the Yankees get a couple more runs and we're talking about a 3-2 win or something. It just it happens. They played them tight. I think I think personally for me the biggest thing I'm taking away from this game is Severino just faced one of the best lineups in baseball for the second time in a row and had another quality start. I mean he's allowed five earned runs and 12 innings of work against the Astros facing them twice in the span of six days. I think that's, I think that's huge for Severino. I think that's pretty impressive. And he was coming off one of his worst outings of the season earlier in the month when he gave up five runs to the blue Jays and he's bounced back and pretty much handled one of the best lineups in the league for, for two straight starts. So 
I mean, Severino, I think, is one of the guys that just because of his recent history and the lack of, you know, lack of body of work because of those injuries, you're almost worried, oh, is he going to start slowing down? Is his arm going to start to get tired? But the Yankee, I mean, he continues to give the Yankees way more than they probably could have hoped for. I mean, he's got, what, a three three five ERA this season, and he's thrown – 78 innings so he's I mean he's looked phenomenal so far another great start on the road last night against a perennial American League contender so I mean for me that's that's the biggest thing I take away from Thursday night yeah same same here definitely looking at Sevy and um you know getting pretty excited obviously Astros didn't have Alvarez this time around which yeah you know is a huge loss for them but um you know, they still have a lot of really good hitters, especially at the top of that lineup. And, and Seve did a, did a nice job. So, um, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of goodness early in the week too, right? Like they go down five to one to the A's and you're like, what the heck is going on? And then they finally get the offense in, in gear there and, and come away with that game. Uh, kind of a, a interesting rally there in the, uh, you know, in what was that in the, the seventh inning, they had a couple catcher's interference calls and, and everything. And then the next night they had a catcher's interference call go against them. I know. Jacoby, Jacoby Ellsbury Jacoby must have been, <laughs> you know, visiting the stadium or something. Yeah. The only thing he was, he was good for in that, in that contract. But yeah, that, that was a weird rally. And also just like, and also just a weird series overall. Like you mentioned before, there were just the pitching staff had a couple of, you know, temporary implosions and then, and then gathered itself. And, I mean, it, it was great to see the pitching staff settle down after those after those rough innings. I know for me personally, it was tough to not, you know, be thinking in my head like, "Man, this is easily the worst offense in in baseball." Like that, this team has traded away nearly every single offensive asset it has. So it's it's a tough look to be getting knocked around by by that lineup. Uh, but they settled down. The Yankees swept the series as they were as they were supposed to. So that's. That's how. That's obviously what matters. But it, you know, you hate seeing the A's score five runs in an inning. But the offense bailed them out, like the pitching bailed out the offense a lot of times earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, we say, you know, beat them up. But I mean, the Yankees didn't even give up. They, I don't think they gave up a home run in the series. I think they gave up a couple doubles. So it's not like the A's were teeing off. They, you know, they were hitting some line drives here and there, but. Um, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. I, th- I think you'd, you'd like to limit the hits a little bit more, but that also is a little bit of Babbitt block and, and whatnot mixed in. So they're, they're not, they weren't hitting home runs. They weren't giving up too, too many walks. I, you know, I, I think that we can kind of explain that away. And I think we were kind of talking about this last week where you can see in the series against the A's, the Yankees aren't clicking on all cylinders anymore. They're still winning ball games. So I think that's a sign of a really good team. Like, Hey, you don't have your best stuff, but you're still taking care of the games uh, that you should be taking care of. And you're still hanging with the teams that you, you need to hang with in order to prove that you're an, a threat in October or the favorite in October, as I think the Yankees still are regardless of their record against the Astros. So um, even though they're not playing the dominant games, they're still a dominant team because the way that they can win games in, in different ways, whether it be because they have guys like, on um, Wednesday afternoon in judge and Stanton that can hit two home runs and provide your whole offense for the day. And, and, you know, that that's how you can win games or you have can string a couple of hits together and, and keep yourself in the game like they did on uh on Monday night and, and, and come back and, and win nine, five. And 
you know, they could still, they could still pitch too. JP Sears, man. Five. He should start the all-star game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Five, another five shutout innings. And then he gets called up, pitches five shutout innings, becomes the third pitcher in Yankee history to pitch at least five shutout innings in each of his first two career starts and then gets sent right back down all, all in a night's work. And, and the second pitcher ever to do that was just last year when, when Luis Heel did it. And then the other one was, I don't even remember his name. It's the most early 1900s baseball name, but I just know it was in 1906. So pretty, pretty exclusive company. And, and then he gets, gets sent right back down. Of course, it makes sense. You know, he had just pitched five innings. He's not going to be used in the near future because of that. So send him down and, and save, save a roster spot. But yeah, what a job by him to get the rotation an extra day of rest during this stretch of 20 games in, in 20 days. So they, they certainly needed it. And honestly, that they, they might be utilizing that more in the second half of the season because of arms like Severino and because of arms like Cortez, these guys that haven't either have never or haven't in a long time pitched, pitched a full season. So they could be calling on, on guys like, like Sears more often in the second half of the season, unless, unless they decide to just start going to Domingo Herman, who's going through a, a rehab assignment right now. So, but yeah, great, great job by Sears. And, and as I just mentioned a historic one. Yeah, I I, I think that when you know uh, they, I think for July the Yankees are pretty set because they have off. I think almost every Monday um, in this month as we we are entering in July here. So yeah, but it, and it's the nice star break. Yeah, and the All Star break. So, but it's nice to have that option, and that's like. You know, if I'm serious, I'm thinking I'm helping this team win because I'm helping these guys get a little bit extra rest here and, and there. So, he, you know, he should be uh, be excited about his performance, obviously, but also that he's helping the team. He's helping, you know, now you go into the stretch. Severino had pitched a very stressful game on Friday. He has the extra day rest. He pitches really well. So, um, you know, I know it didn't work out for Tyone, but um, it worked out for Seve. And now we're going to see how it how it helps out. A little extra rest, a little extra juice helps Cole and, and Cortez. And and I would expect them to to play pretty well. But look, the Yankees just finished uh, June with a 786 winning percentage. Uh, best winning percentage of any month since 1956. Uh, not quite going back to 1906. And these <laughs> stats are courtesy of Katie Sharp reading off of her Twitter. So um, Yankees have room to do this sort of thing to bring up a six starter. And it's amazing that their six starter has the lowest DRA on the team. Yeah, that's that's pretty unbelievable. He hasn't allowed a single run in 12 innings of work. That includes two starts and two relief appearances. So the... Uh, I think the Yankees were hoping for Heel or Debbie Garcia to maybe be that depth fill-in starter, and they've they've struggled and uh, or faced injury. But now they have Sears, so he's uh, he's been a great a great fill-in, and that was that was really cool to see. Again, not not a great lineup, but I mean that that is just a cool a cool stat nonetheless. So. Good for good for Sears. I wanted to touch on you mentioned how the Yankees aren't really firing on all cylinders right now. They they're uh, averaging just under three and a half runs a game in their last eight when they were averaging five over the season. So the offense hasn't been uh, exactly thriving the way it was earlier in the season. And I mean, you look at some of the uh, some of the bats, quote unquote, struggling. I mean, Judge is three for twenty six in his last seven games. Two of those were walk off hits. So He's coming through when they need it most, but his, his bat has cooled off a little bit. 
I mean, we keep waiting for Hicks to show some kind of consistency. And every time he, he gets into a good run, he, he got off to a good start in June. And we thought maybe this was it. He had the huge game tying home run against the Astros. He's two for 24 in his last nine games. And then this one was maybe kind of expected, but Trevino has an OPS below 500 in his last 12 games after just being named an all-star finalist because of how good he was he was doing at the plate. So a lot of the bats that either were expected to be leading the lineup or were considered huge breakout surprises, a lot of them are starting to starting to cool off a little bit. And it's it's again, it's a long season. The 10, the 10, 12 game stretches I just mentioned, that's you know, what, a sixteenth of a season. So obviously they can they can uh, get it going again. And you know, how who knows how much of this is just needing a little bit of a rest after those 20 games and 20 day stretch. But yeah, the offense is, is not, not on all cylinders right now as you would want it to be, but the good news over those 10 games, the Yankees have, you know, they, I get, okay. So they've technically lost a series cause that was considered a one game series last night, but they've also over the last 10 games, they you know split four, one, three in a row lost one. So they're, they're still winning. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm Susan on the radio. I was listening. Was very upset that Elias Sports Bureau deemed this a series. She said it doesn't oh, count yeah. in her mind. Her and Sweeney were going back and forth about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, the Yankees definitely have cooled off a little bit, uh, both offensively and and the the pitching staff has struggled a little bit. But um, you know, you you, you kind of see it in some other guys too. I think you know we've seen Rizzo kind of get the home run stroke back. John Carlos Stanton had one of those you know, kind of just I'm unconscious for, for a week, weeks too, that helps propel a team to wins. Like without John Carlos, uh, you know, home run on in the A series, they don't, they don't sweep that series. Uh, Rizzo's done a great job of hitting, you know, some, some big home runs. Yeah. Hey, if you switch his strikeout with a home run, the Yankees win the game yesterday. So, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody really expected Trevino to keep it up, but what he does defensively and, you know, his ability to put the bat on the ball is, is helpful. I mean, they're, they're getting contributions like Glaber had a little bit of a hot streak and then he cooled off. Um, you know, LeMay Hughes had a couple big hits here and there, even though his, his full season numbers aren't the best. Yeah. LeMay uh, Hughes has a nine thirty yeah. OPS his last 13 games. So he's, he's starting to heat up. Marwin Gonzalez has been, been good in, in spurts. You know, he had a, a home run the other night. So the Yankees are finding offense other places, but you know, you, you want your mainstays, especially your judges um, 
to, and you know, to, to make sure they're, they're consistent. And look, judge was going to have a, a slump at some point. The good thing is, even though he is in a little bit of a slump, he's still hitting home runs. So he's making his hits count, which he usually does. So you can live with something like that. Uh, what you can't live with is a guy who goes into a slump and doesn't hit home runs like Joey Gallo, uh, Josh Donaldson there, you know, that in the, in the last two weeks, Gallo's Woba is two Oh eight. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, let's let's talk about some of these more concerning trends. The ones we just mentioned or that I was just mentioning are just kind of blips on the radar that I don't think too many people should be concerned about. But let's uh, let's get into some of these concerning ones. And again, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate, review and subscribe to the Vomer Brothers podcast. So. All right. So here we go. You mentioned Gallo. Uh, the, that Woba is pretty, pretty uh, gag inducing when you when you look at it. But. I think it's also pretty terrible to see that over his last 10 games, Gallo does not have a single hit. 26 at-bats, he's over 26 in his last 10 games, went hitless again last night. Yes, he did draw a walk, I think. He's going to be good for some walks every now and then. But, I mean, we're now we are now in July 1st, so we are now approaching one year since this trade. How much of a sample size is it going to be until the Yankees just kind of scrap scrap this experiment. I mean, it's clearly not working. Gallo has been a complete net negative at the plate, not, not running into those home runs like he was doing, or I shouldn't say running into him. Cause that implies like luck, like Gallo was a dynamic home run hitter with, with the Rangers before this trade, but he's not anymore. He's not, he's also not a dynamic Walker, I guess you could say, cause that was also something he was good for. I mean, he's batting, batting close to, 160 right now but the OPS is also terrible so uh, I don't know what what do the Yankees do now um I mean he still has a relatively decent hard hit rate but I mean part of the problem is that he's only got 15 batted ball events in the last two weeks exactly which, so that like you yeah throw you that hit the, yeah. the window if I if I put two balls in play my entire major league career and one of them I somehow get a barrel on I have a hard hit rate of 50 percent Good job. But yeah, there, there, there's an issue here and the Yankees need to do something to address it. I saw Randy Wilkins tweet that they should just sit him down for a couple of days and work with him. Um, just like they did with Granderson. Remember when the Yankees got Granderson, he kind of scuffled a little bit. They sat him down, kind of tweaked his swing over the course of a week. And then he got hot. And you know what? I don't know if it's the mechanical stuff. It could just be confidence. It's like, Hey, I, I fixed something. Even if you think you did. And, and I think Gallo needs a reset. Um, one way or another, he need he needs like a hard reset. Plug him, unplug him, and plug him back in. Um, and then Granderson, I think, had a little calf thing or something, and went on the DL like right after he fixed the swing. And then when he came back, he was awesome, and he was awesome in the 2010 playoffs too. Sit him down for a little bit. I think the Yankees um, can give an outfield of Hicks, uh, Stanton, and Judge uh, a look for for a little bit here with with Gallo on the bench, and you could put Carpenter out there. Um, I know he hasn't been hitting anymore, but he also hasn't been getting any, any really consistent at bats. So, Hey, why don't we just see what Carpenter has as a DH um, and, and throw him out there. I'm, I'm not against that, but um, I, I would give Gallo a little bit of a rest here because they have to do something. They can't keep running him out there. It's, it's, it's a year now. They, they have to, they have to fix this. He could be, he could be your big bat trade deadline acquisition. If you fix him. Oh yeah, I mean, if if the Yankees got any kind of 
production like he was putting up with with the Rangers. I mean, let's not forget he was an all-star last year because of what he did with Texas before before the trade. But I am certainly all for a somewhat prolonged shutdown, give this guy a reset, let him try to figure out whatever it is that could be going wrong at the, at the plate right now. Like, like similar, like you said with Granderson and obviously he became one of the team's best hitters during his, the rest of his, his Yankee tenure. Um, So I don't know if that means, you know, maybe give, maybe give him that week off before the all-star break. And then you get that and the all-star break. And all of a sudden you have almost two weeks where you can just kind of uh, try to, you know, re-examine your swing figure out exactly what you're what you're doing wrong if it is anything mechanical or if you are just pressing and trying to you know I think Boone has mentioned it a few times with Gallo that he's trying to you know fix months of slumping with with one swing which someone who's capable of hitting home runs at the rate Gallo does I, I can see slipping into that kind of mindset but I mean they they need to do something well so like it's it's hard to say that they need to do something now you know they're the best team in baseball they have an incredibly comfortable lead atop the division so they 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 have awarded themselves the luxury of trying to figure this out with Gallo and try to unlock what he showed for you know years before coming here I think it's important to remember that he was a productive player for years before this trade so that sample size is much greater than this one now again sometimes trades to a team like the Yankees or a city like New York just doesn't work out for whatever reason. Some guys don't uh, don't thrive or enjoy it as much, but I still I still think the Yankees have given themselves the luxury of being able to try to figure this out because again, if somehow after a abbreviated reset Gallo comes back and is anything like he was with the Rangers last year or with the Rangers the last three years, I mean then the best team in baseball just got a hell of a lot better because they're black hole in the lineup would have become pretty much an all-star. So I, I could see why they're so fixated on trying to make this work and, and not giving up on it. But I mean, at, at this point you have to sit him down because he is again, hitless in 10 games. That's, that's pretty bad, but it's also not that far off from what he's been doing the entire season. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that, you know, he had a terrible month, but he's had a terrible Yankee tenure and you know, I'm, I don't see like, like we were saying, like Yankees are the best team in baseball by now six games in the loss column. Uh, and we're not even at the all-star break yet. You you have the maneuverability to sit down a guy who's really not producing for you anyway, see what you have and see if you can get Carpenter going again for three days, four days, whatever, and, and work with Gallo. Like it, it's the, the Yankees have a lead so they can do these things like add in a six starter, sit a guy down and try to get him, get him a reset. Like that, that's what this lead does for you. And, and the Yankees should, should take advantage of, of that. It's like, um, you know, it's like in, in other sports, when you, when you have a lead and then you try like in hockey, you'll try different line combinations when you, when you know, you've kind of wrapped everything up in case you have an injury and you see how things work. So sit a guy down, put in Carpenter and, and work with, work with Gallo. I mean, he's, he, like you said, he's an, he had 40 home runs in back-to-back years, if I'm not mistaken. And then he had 28 home runs when you traded for him. Like, this guy can hit dingers. Let, let's get him to doing that again. I, I'm fine if he hits 200, but he but he hits you know 20 home runs in the second half. Like that'd be that'd be great, especially when he walks as much as he does. But you got to get those home runs. He only has what nine? Yeah, like, nine nine home runs this season. He had 38 last year. Yeah, 
you can't, you can't, you can't live with, you can't live with nine home runs for a guy who's hitting 170. No. And, and even, and like you mentioned, you can live with the low batting average. He was a 200 hitter last year, but he had an on base percentage of, of 350 and an OPS above 800. That's still a solid hitter. That's, that's just not the case this year. He's, he has an on base percentage this year of 276 and his slugging percentage is 330. So He's still striking out at the same rate as he usually does. He's, but he's also just not getting on base anymore, not hitting for power anymore. So that, I mean, those are the big problems. I don't, I don't care if you bat 200, if you're, if you're part of uh, what's already a dynamic Yankee lineup and you're hitting at a 40 home run pace and clearing the bases for with the, before these guys ahead of you that are getting on base and that then that's a huge asset even if you do strike out a couple times a game in, in between that's I still think that's great to have but again I don't I don't know what the next step could be aside from aside from a prolonged reset I mean they've dropped them all the way down to ninth in the order they've tried that they've given them days off and tried to platoon them and not, nothing is working so I yeah phantom il stint or just bench him for a little while heading into the all-star break so it's an even longer reset some something like that i think uh i think would would help gallo yeah i agree all right well let's go to the uh, other hitter that you were mentioning that you have some some concern about i personally haven't been thrilled with him all season but josh donaldson is uh coming out of a month of june I would say, which would be one to forget, a 71 WRC plus in June after a, after having double that in May, his strikeout percentage went up 10%. I'm sorry, it went up 11% from May to June. So it, it seemed like Donaldson was trying to figure it out. He was pretty much league average in, in April and then came alive in May, and you were hoping that he was going to provide a big boost in the lineup in the middle of the lineup because, you know, he does like Gallo also have a pretty impressive career pedigree behind him, but now he's really struggling. So I mean, what, what are you seeing from Donaldson? What should the Yankees do with Donaldson? And um, yeah, what, what's, what's going to be next? What's going to be next for him? Um, I, I don't know what's next for, for Donaldson because he was terrible for, for this whole month. I mean, he his hard hit rate again like gallows isn't terrible but he's not he's not getting enough he's not putting the ball in play enough and he i mean for all that we complain about hicks um donaldson had had a worse woba than hicks did in, in the in the last month he had a worse slugging percentage than hicks in the last month like you know like for for as much as we complain about one guy it's like we let this other guy kind of get a pass and I'm sorry, Donaldson is annoying. Like, so I, I don't like it, <laughs> but like Hicks and, and, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know what you, what you do with Donaldson. I don't know if they, they give him plenty of rest. Like, I think they do a good job of keeping his old legs. Like, you know, they played LeMahieu a third, who's been, been pretty good over there and, and very often. And, and then you can DH Donaldson or have Donaldson have a day off. So this one, I'm not sure what to do with, because to me, it's not as apparent of, oh, sit him down for a little while. I think, uh, you know, he has gotten plenty of rest. I wonder, we saw this uh, last year with Rizzo, right? Like Rizzo went on the COVID IL. He came back and he just, he wasn't the same. Do you, I, Donaldson was on the IL with, with COVID, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was an actual case, not a Severino case where he didn't really have it. Yeah, I believe it was um, actually, it was right after the Tim Anderson stuff. Yeah. And, and since then, then he's been terrible. 
Yeah, he well, he came off the COVID IL, and then he was talking about how he needed how he had needed some shoulder maintenance. I I believe it was so he had yeah he had a few few problems right there after the the Tim Anderson incident, and hasn't really been doing anything since. And you know, at thirty six years old, that's kind of the alarm clock for is this the beginning of of the decline? I guess you could say, and. It's again a batter in a batter in the middle of the lineup you need more out of. And like you said, they do a good job. Boone has always done a good job of this, getting his getting his players rest, yeah. whether it's because of age or whether it's because of, of injury concerns. Um, but they've they've done a good job with him too. I mean, he was they ha- they gave him a half day off last night. He was the DH. He went 0 for four with three strikeouts. It was a it was definitely a tough night. I'm just looking at his um I'm looking at his numbers from last year, his age 35 season. And in terms of WRC plus June was his best month of the season. And then he was still really good in July and August WRC plus of 135 and 139 respectfully. Then in the last month of the season, it dropped down. He dropped down to about league average. So, I mean, he, he showed just last year that he can be a, a big time producer in those dog days of summer. So I think, think there's still hope that he can he can turn it around but yeah right right now it's uh he's another another net negative for the yanks right now well hopefully you know like i said i don't think he needs a hard reset like gallo does but i'm not sure what he needs and and we'll see it's funny though the yankees have really done a great job with some guys like rizzo's barreling the ball up more often and harder than he has uh, in the last couple of years trevino comes out and it's a great story but then you get guys like donaldson and gallo who it's like hey you're not you're not what you once were and I guess that's that's just baseball, Susan. Yeah, exactly. It is. Some some guys respond really well to certain hitting philosophies and and techniques, and, and other guys don't. And it might take a little more time and a little a little straying from the norm in terms of uh, Dylan Lawson's philosophy. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Guardians are next. Again, another series preview coming up. If you want those twice a week, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. But the Yankees are now in Cleveland as they continue this this road trip. So we've got uh, another a pitching matchup that looks like it's pretty slanted in the Yankees' favor. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lose a 3-2 or 2-1 or game because that is baseball. But Garrett Cole's on the mound against Aaron Savali. He has an ERA of 7.28 and... He's also faced the Yankees already this season and was tattooed for six runs and in three innings. That was back in late April, but that's it hasn't gotten much better. No, but yeah, there hasn't been much improvement. So, I mean, there there is always there, there's going to be fear for this series just because Cleveland has just decided to start walking off on on every well, not everybody, just walking off on the Twins. But they've had uh, walk offs in back to back games, and then. And then two games before that, they won with a, a rally in the bottom of the eighth inning. So they they've been coming alive of of late against the Twins. Now the Yankees bullpen is much much different than the Twins, so I don't think Yankee fans should be too worried about that. But again, game one seems like it's slanted in the Yankees' favor. They've got Cole on the mound. He's been fantastic lately. Savali has been very bad. Yeah, absolutely. And this, I think, is an opportunity for the Yankees here, especially they have Cole versus Savali and then uh, Nestor against McKenzie. Um, you know, Nestor looked OK in his start against the Astros. So hopefully against the the Guardians, he's able to uh, to to kind of 
start coming back a little bit, especially with the extra rest for Cole and and uh, and Cortez. I'm excited to see what they look like. Sunday looks like the most evenly matched game. You have Montgomery versus Plesac, but um, I'm I'm really uh, hoping the Yankees can can take two out of three here. I think it's lined up for them to take two out of three. And yes, the uh, look the Guardians have been having some some nice magic, uh, but they're doing it against the Twins, who are a team we know loves to implode, especially against the Yankees. But um, you know they they have a fun lineup. I'm sure though they're out for a little bit of revenge after what happened in Yankee Stadium with the fans throwing the stuff on the field and whatnot. But um, you know the Yankees have a lot to say about that themselves, and if the Yankees go out and, and pitch well, um, they'll they'll shut them down, and, and we won't have to we won't have to worry about that. But um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for, for, uh, for at least two out of three here in a road series, which is always what you want. And I think the Yankees are lined up to do so with, uh, with Nestor and, and Cole to start it. And, and look, Montgomery had the one bad inning against the A's, but he's been, he's been awesome too. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this rotation does with an extra day of rest for a change. Yeah. I'm really looking to Saturday. I'm interested to see how Cortez responds. He's taking on Tristan McKenzie and Cortez has not been great. He's a five, six, eighty RA his last four starts. His FIP is six, two, three, but the big one is that he's given up six home runs in his last four starts after giving up four in his first 10 starts of the season. So now he's taking on a Cleveland team that's second or third to last in the league in in home runs. They're not a very good power hitting team. So I'm interested to see if Cortez can keep them in the ballpark and get back on track. Like I said, he's going up against McKenzie. He has a ERA of just over four, but he's also been knocked around for 13 earned runs in his last 10 innings. So he's uh, looking to get back on track as well. And then, like you said, Monty against Plesak, he's been following an opposite trend as McKenzie. He's allowed only two earned runs in his last 18 innings. So, Looks like he's starting to to settle in. He has an ERA of three eight six, but it's going. Yeah, I'm, I'm I have Nestor's start circled for for this series because this seems like a good uh, good candidate game for him to kind of bounce back and, and get back on track again. This isn't the the best offense they have been playing well lately but they're still 21st in the league in OPS of course they have a you know perennial MVP candidate in Jose Ramirez he's he's going to be dangerous you're going to want to keep him in in the park but aside from that this this is a lineup that this Yankees pitching staff should be able to handle yeah I'm excited for the Nestor start I think a little extra rest going to have his legs back under him and uh, maybe not leave as many pitches up and get back to being nasty Nestor all right, great. Well, let's hope it's a, another Yankees series win. This is a, a big road trip that they're starting here, and we'll see what they do against the Guardians. Who do you got winning the belt this series? I'm going to run it back. Same place took person I took last week. I'm going to take Rizzo again. I think he's swinging the bat really well, and uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Anthony. All right, I'm going LeMayhew. I mentioned he's been heating up of late. I think that continues in Cleveland, and he gets gets some big hits. And I think we'll, we'll give it to, I, I said that b- before John Carlo hit the three run homer against the the A's, I said, if he hits it here, I'm going to give him the belt. So uh, I'm going to stick with John Carlo. I think you could have made a case for, for Rizzo as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm going John Carlo. Yeah. Last I, week. I think that's fair. All right. Well, everyone get ready for the Cleveland series. Thanks for listening again. Make sure you rate review and subscribe and we'll talk to you after this Cleveland series. Let's go Yanks.